All right, Melfi, anything you want to say to the to the Discord haters? Uh, anything you want to uh, establish yeah, okay. before we get out of here? Uh, uh, we got, we got, we have, no, I'm, I'm the keep it, I'm the I'm the keep it cordial. I mean, it's all trolling at the end of the day. I mean, I don't take anything personal. It just goes out one ear and out the other. So, but fuck you, Gabby. I'm just kidding. But most <laughs> okay. most 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 likely, fuck Bear. That yeah, kid has no Reed, idea what the fuck. He's read, doing. edit edit out his just edit out his just kidding. Okay, I definitely. Oh come on, uh, don't do. Okay, but you you could do that. You could do that. I don't care. Okay, uh, so. We have like nine minutes left, so I want to get in all the questions that we've had for you. First of all, um, <laughs> let's okay. dispel the rumors. Let's dispel the rumors here. Uh, Sam has constantly pushed the idea that you were not a native English speaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can you confirm that English is your native language? Yes, English is my native language. <laughs> okay, English is. I feel like is, I'm okay. being interrogated now. Like, goddamn, like, are you guys going to deport me? And it wasn't, uh, so it wasn't like a bilingual household either. It was just English. Yes, sir. I, I, my mom, I mean, she can speak Spanish oh, oh. fluently, but I I was born English, dude. I, I, I don't even know any other language. I want to learn Spanish, to be honest. Would you call her your mom or your madre? Madre. Ma. Okay. You might, okay. So I just wanted to get th- that out of the way. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Why are you obsessed with Barra? What about why? him? Why, why are you so obsessed? Because every it's, time we talk about anything, you, you bring it right back to Barra. And it, it, it is it is funny now I think about it. I don't know. Barra's just like, if you know him in person, like, he's actually a really funny kid. Like, I'm the type of friend, because Barra has done plenty of stupid, like, he's done a bunch of stupid things, so I'm not going to go into details on that. I mean, T. Will can vouch because he knows about it. But um, I'm the type of friend that loves seeing people do stupid shit, and while the other friends say no to it, and you just, you're in the background, just like, no, do it do it do it so like anything Barra does like i just i don't know i i think bear is a great kid and i just but most most importantly in terms of fantasy football i still don't believe he has an idea what the fuck he's doing i the love the idea of can... referring to bear as a kid when he's like two years older than, or like yeah. year older than that's fantastic <laughs> you, you know what i'm talking about though t-will yeah, for, sure, for sure i had a good friend who um he he is like he's from canada so obviously he likes hockey uh, and like the first year of the Golden Knights, he, you know, remember they had the best record in either all of hockey, but at least the Western Conference, they had the best record. Uh, and he like throughout the entire season was like, you know, a few months like they're frauds. The Golden Knights are frauds. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're not, they're not that talented. They're, they, there's no way they're that good. And then the Golden Knights made it to the fucking Stanley Cup finals that year. They ended up losing in five games to the Capitals, but they made it to the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at which point he no longer said that the Knights were frauds. He admitted they were not frauds. So my mm-hmm. question to you, Melfi, is how far does Barra have to advance in the playoffs for you to declare him no longer a fraud? Uh, I mean, he's got to win the ship to change my mind. But I, I still, again, regardless, dude, but regardless, I still don't think he has an idea what the fuck he's doing. He just got extremely lucky. Now, fantasy is about luck. But, dude, like, who the fuck uses four or three tight ends per game? Like, the odds of that are just so – like, no, none of us have seen this before. 
the one thing so he's got lucky on some stuff he didn't get lucky on others so the his ram he strategized the ram situation he like that did was, not that, he did not that, know to stack those two players let's be real. you don't think i think no, he did. i think no. he did. I think like, he did. He, he and I were talking about it pretty early around around draft time. There's no yeah, because he got Sony Michelle too for that reason. There's no way he could. He now he could stack those two players. Okay, that's that. Ultimately, there's no way to prove that one way or the other. I, would I just know that's not a strategy I, to for him to even think about, though. Like, I I agree plays, with if you. If he plays, if he plays fantasy DraftKings, stacking is important to give yourself an edge to win winning those kind of things. But Barrett doesn't do any of that kind of shit. And I definitely don't think he had an idea of stacking any sort of play i just think he just did it out of spite he's like hey these are great players i'm gonna draft them without understanding the stacking part although he did stack aaron Rodgers, Devontae adams last year but i still right. don't believe he had that like the, the term okay. stacking i don't think that's in his head all right i i would disagree on that point i fully agree on the tight the tight end jumbo package stuff and the getting a ton of quarterbacks and you know having them having them work out like that you know, there's some luck there. He followed the Pittman targets, although that's also Pittman's a USC guy, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that Pittman was just a USC thing. So that's, that's a USC. Bias. So that's a yeah, USC. That's the bias yeah. Alba Camara, like, is like always Saints. a good fantasy player, but he's a yeah. dumbass saint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, Pitts, he got to trade with you, but the, I mean, Barrett, like, we we've, we've discussed Barrett's strategy so much in the podcast for like reasons that are beyond me, but like. Have you uh, actually talked? I'm sorry to cut you off, but did you actually get reasoning from Barra? Because I mean, he can flip his strategy yeah, he, now and just say, "Yeah, dude, I had this plan." Hey, Melfi, how you listen to the listen to the podcast? You know, that's all I <laughs> gotta say. Listen to them because I mean, like I, I he, did listen. I didn't go full deep in them, but do you recall which podcast it was? Because he's been I, on a few. I know yeah, he's, he's been on a few, but which do you guys recall which one? I, we talk speaks? about his strategy every single fucking time he's on, so it's right, been oh. any one of them. But anyway, uh, he, he got go Pitts back. to trade with Taylor. He got the tight ends of the quarterbacks to trade or whatever. But, like, Barra is just, like, he's just not good at trading. You know, I think that, like – That's the other thing, I, too. I think that, like, Barra, like, he – I mean, he's been – he's never been, like, bottom three or whatever in the league. And, like, this year he's contending. So, like, I don't – I think it would be – I think it's just inaccurate for me to say he's a bad fantasy manager or anything on the whole. But like well, his the other weakness, thing too, he hasn't had a back in the wall kind of situation. He hasn't. I mean, has he faced any serious injuries this season? Uh, Josh Jacobs got hurt. Yeah, but it wasn't like a miss four week kind of thing. What one else had to deal with? I mean, yeah, I mean, for like three weeks. Like Barrow just hasn't had his back against the wall, and that's the other thing he needs to, you know, to make him look more not fraudulent. I want to see what he does in terms of in the wall situations, but right, he's not in that situation, so he can't. I think that's a fair enough point. I also just on the trade point, like, look, Bear is going to be in the playoffs. I'm pretty yeah, sure. No, he will. And but the thing is, like, I, I do think there's a thing that happens, and I say this as someone who has not made the playoffs in the history of this league. Mm. But I do think there's a thing that happens when you get closer, when you're in that mix the whole year, you can get complacent, and there's always ways to improve your team, always. Mm-hmm. So when you combine that with maybe a little bit of complacency and, and overconfidence that Barra has right now, I mean, this dude texts me incessantly every fucking Sunday, you know, more cocky than I've ever heard him. I mean, he just swept He's the brother Foster in back-to-back weeks. No, and, and he deserves it. He deserves it. I'm just saying, like, it, that doesn't mean, like, you should not make any moves. I don't think that means oh, you should not make no, any moves. Like, you, you can always get better. So his team has currently assembled. Could very well compete in the playoffs. So look, I, I said it all show. I think he has a great team. I really do. 
Um, but you mentioned not great trading to begin with, not even trying to go out and make some of those later in the season could come back to bite them when you have guys like Reed, Jack, Gibby, who are, you know, super aggressive, super active at constantly making those maneuvers. Well, Daniel too. I mean, Daniel like is, is the most consistent one on waivers, like being aggressive on there. So, you know, um, it's a lot of us out here and, you know, Nick, Nick isn't going to make a lot of moves, but like when Nick does things, he does things with a purpose. Um, you know, so maybe he's a little more methodical, but he's, he's going to be out of making moves. So Barra, you're going to have to do something like that. Melfi, we have a minute and a half. Please mm-hmm. use this time to say anything you want to anyone in the league. The floor is yours. Uh, I mean, I really don't have much to say, to be honest. <laughs> um, right. I mean, but I'm going to end it like Vera, this, though. I'm okay, a, I'm I, a, I'm I'm a, let me say this, though. I'm not finishing last. T. Will, you're, you're taking you, last you're place. Going down, <laughs> you know, you're going you're down. You're going last place, dude. Okay. You're going last place. I feel good. Melfia, I have this question to end things. Yes. Who, which member of the league would you speculate, not knowing any of us, not or at least most of us, what we look like, which one would you speculate has the hairiest ass? Well, who's Italian out of, out of the bunch? Who's anyone Greek? Is anyone Italian? You and Barra. Oh, the, oh. Uh, Barra doesn't have Barra doesn't have hair like that. I, I have a hairy ass, to be honest. Might, if you were to Melfi. include me, I'd have the hairiest ass. But I, would I don't say know. Uh, well, yes, I have a hairy ass. But Reed, I saw your hair. It was long during the draft. But again, I, I don't know. That's a tough question. That's a good question, though. Well, head um, hair and ass hair are two different Yeah, areas. that's two different things. I need to see the arm hair to really make a – because I can – Or chest hair. Her. Chest hair, too. Uh, I, I think Gibby's got to have a hair. Gibby. Yeah, well, I, I mean, saw you that. Hello, everybody, and welcome on into another edition of the Gang Does Fantasy podcast. That's right. The voice you're hearing is uh, back in action. I'm Taylor Wilson, a.k.a. Falcoholics Anonymous. As always, the commish, Reed Foster, a.k.a. Call Me If You Get Mossed, is here. And a special edition, Young Melf, a.k.a. Carter Melfi, a.k.a. CD's Nuts, is in the building. What's up, boys? What's up? What's up? What's up? Glad to be here. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is the most anticipated appearance of all time in the history of the podcast. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. We've been waiting to get Melfi for months. We've been begging to get him on. We tried to get him on. I mean, people have been waiting to hear your voice since the auction, which you just, you came on the, uh, we set up a hangout or a a Zoom thing for the auction. And then you, you came on and then we just couldn't hear your voice at all. You were talking into a void. And we would just sporadically like see your comments like five minutes later when I'd look down at the at the chat thing. Like, damn, Melfi hit me with a Zayer, but I forgot what he was talking about. Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. I mean, I do remember talking, but I remember having some technical difficulties, although I don't really necessarily like I don't even know what happened to my mic at that whole entire time. I thought I was I thought I was working, but then I noticed that it wasn't working. So I assume uh, my mic's probably be, and hopefully you guys can hear me right now because uh, when, I, when I play video games and stuff, I use this headset, and my buddies are like, dude, your mic sucks. I'm like, all right. So, no, it has some flavor uh, to it. It has some flavor to it. I can't, I can't complain since I'm just on the fucking MacBook mic right now. So, I, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. It gets the job done. Good. Well, this, the reason why I mentioned like my mic malfunctioning because a couple months ago, before, when COVID hit, I had a huge leak in my apartment. 
and there's like water and shit. So, but moving, moving on. Um, yeah, no, I'm most, I'm definitely excited to be on this podcast. I think it's great, you know, what you guys are doing. Uh, definitely, definitely takes fantasy football to like another step. And I like that. Uh, makes it more fun to be involved. Yeah, well, Reed's kind of like the Bill Simmons of the fantasy world right now. Mm. He's built this media empire, you know, with the newsletters and the, uh, yeah, but there was going to be a video component, but I think we're still trying to wait on Curtis to kind of mm-hmm. uh, pick up that side of things, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, Curtis was, was making some promises and then he just, he didn't fall through, but he took, just Curtis's credit, he didn't promise much. He said he'll do it if he felt like it and he just hadn't felt like it, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm happy to be back. Uh, this is a fun trio, so let's get into it. Uh, the dawn of Discord, young Melf in the building. Uh, let's just start with that matchup because it's a fun one. I, it would be nice to maybe pipe in Barrett to get two minutes of his takes, but hey, you know we won't do that. Uh, it's winning as a breeze versus CD's nuts this week. Uh, right now, just with the, the computer math and everything, Barrett projected to roll you, Melfi. Uh, but, of course, the big question mark here is what are you going to do at quarterback? So let's start there. I'll open up the floor to you. So it's actually really funny that you mentioned that, although I knew this was going to be mentioned because this is the biggest topic right now. But um, I'm actually in talks of trades with, well, originally I had you in mind, but you fucked, uh, you whatever, you know, you, you send off uh, Mahomes, which, you know, I, I assumed you were going to do that regardless. But my opinion, um, I didn't agree with your trade, but moving on from that. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So right now I'm actually in talks with one person right now, because obviously you're off the table since you already made that trade. And uh, I just need to do a little negotiation with that person. Um, I did speak to Reed about it, but I didn't chime in what exactly, you know, the, what the other players were included. But uh, hopefully maybe tonight or possibly tomorrow. Um, and I'll honestly, I would like to make the trade tomorrow considering um, – uh, just uh, the news about uh, Chris Carson's coming out of injury reserved. I just need, you know, certainty that he actually is playing this weekend because if that's the case, I might involve another player with the trade, not Chris Carson, but another running back uh, to try and see if I can acquire a more uh, a better quarterback than what I was offered. But again, I just, I just need to, I think most likely tomorrow I'll make the decision. You know, hope, I, I doubt Chris Carson's news will come out, um, but I'm, if it does come out, that would make that would make me feel a little bit more better about making this trade. Um, but right now, uh, Daniel making the offer, I'm definitely concerned what he offered. So, I'm oh, there's gonna, a name. I was wondering, is there a little bit yeah, about yeah, who this was? Great job, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about mentioning Daniel. I mean, I know that kind of blows my. Uh, I mean, this is for you know the end of the week, so. Um, I didn't really care about name dropping, although I really shouldn't have said it, but because I already told Reed, you know, I don't know if Reed's going to keep that shush, but regardless, it's whatever. All right. So I mean, we'll see how Teddy, we'll see. it's Teddy Bridgewater then. Yes. Uh, just to clarify. Oh, everyone oh, can oh. like, everyone can suss that out. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's not something. I mean, he he was the one that acquired Cam Newton, correct? I correct. honestly, yeah, yeah. But also, does so, Daniel not? I mean, Daniel is aware that like, um, Kyler may not start on Sunday. So like, if he trades away Teddy, then like, there's a decent chance that he only has one quarterback for this week. I mean, that's a melty move. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, throwing podcast chirps. <laughs> well, I, I wonder I'll... how confident. I mean, a lot of the so the news came out later. I mean, this was a, a we'll talk about my team later, but this was a topsy turvy day, turvy day for me regarding your team, Reed, the Carolina Panthers, and Cam coming back. 
Um, I, but as of this afternoon, it looks like it will be the PJ show, at least for this week. And, you know, that can't be that surprising with a dude getting maximum one day of practice and a couple of days to learn the playbook. I don't know what Daniel's thought process is. Maybe he thinks Cam could go this week if he's thinking about moving uh, Bridgewater uh, with the Kyrie, with the um, Kyler concerns in the other game. So I don't know. Uh, we would have to ask him, but. Yeah, I mean, maybe he'd be – maybe he's in talks to acquire, like, Colt McCoy or something from someone, uh, or maybe getting Brissett or something like along those lines. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, Melfi, I mean, you you added the quarterback. You you added Tyrod with me, but mm-hmm. uh, still, you know, you got to add another quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you that, know. Sorry to cut you, you off, but that trade, like, that answers – Tannehill being out for 13 in this situation. So I'm kind of glad I made that trade. I know Gibby reined me oh. for that. Like, oh, you oh no, it, de- um, oh, it worked out for you. I mean, you got a quarterback that you needed. You're going to have to, you're, you were going to have to add two quarterbacks regardless. Yeah, regardless. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah. And so I think like what's interesting about your team, like if we're going to look at the, the strengths of your team, is that I think that your running back crew is pretty strong now. It's pretty deep yes, where you have uh, Leonard Fournette, who has been a, you know, low end RB one this season. David mm-hmm. Montgomery came back and was immediately back to over 80% of the snaps for the bears running backs. He looks great again. I think he's, I, I think Montgomery is one of the like five best running backs in football, just in terms of mm-hmm. real life things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Damien Harris and then Miles Sanders is going to come back soon into an Eagles offense. That's been running a lot more. And then Chris Carson, as you mentioned before, might be coming off IR soon. You know, I'm not 100% sure what the breakdown of carries in Seattle is going to be because, you know, they they do have Alex Collins. They do have Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, all the guys they kind of like to rotate. Um, but mm-hmm. you've got, like, a number of running backs that you can make a move with if mm-hmm, you're going exactly. to try to acquire a quarterback. Um, Definitely, yeah. So the question I would ask Taylor is like, where would you stack up at this point, Melfi's running back depth in the in the scope of the league? Would you put him in the top three? Uh, I'd have to break down some of these other rosters a little bit more, but he's up there. I mean, I, definitely deep. I think the Carson question mark, if, even without Carson, I actually like Melfi's running back situation a lot. You get Carson back to being Carson, and suddenly you have a ton of different options to make some moves, Melfi. Uh, now, will that happen with the neck injury? I mean, even with the, you know, the rumblings of him coming off IR, I don't, this week, he's not going to get a full, you know, uh, mm-hmm. snap share at all. I think it's going to be one of those where all those Seahawks are basically unplayable. I say that as an Alex Collins guy, like, I don't think you can play either of them. You don't really know what that split's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're able to either have faith in, in Carson yourself or move on from him, then yeah, borderline top three. I don't think that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, hey, that's a hell of a position to have some depth in. Totally. Um, I just, I'm, I am tempted to, I'm a little nervous about Chris Carson considering, you know, it wasn't it like a herniated disc in the neck or something like that. My sister's a herniated back, and that's, you know, since we're talking football, it's very serious. So definitely keep an eye on that. But I'm, I was willing to hold on to him, as you guys know, because, um, me personally, we, we, we know what he's capable of, Chris Carson, that is. Um, I'm all definitely very disappointed in Miles Sanders when he wasn't injured. Uh, just being a Eagles fan, as biased on my sound, I, I think Miles Sanders has potential. Just matter 
um, if he can get the ball rolling when he comes back from injury. But uh, we'll see what happens with Miles Sanders and Chris Carson. But I definitely like the news of Chris Carson coming back because that's something I've been waiting for. So we'll see what happens. I knew David Montgomery, you know, the knee, the knee injury. Um, I drafted him for a reason. My my sister's uh, well now my soon to be brother in law is a big Chicago fan, and he always tells me about Dave Montgomery. And obviously, his stats can uh, back up you know everything um, of him as a player. So that's the reason I actually have Dave Montgomery. I think in two out of the three of my leagues. So I definitely like David Montgomery. Reed and I were talking about we love some multi league consistency. So good stuff yeah. there. Uh, I mean, you're definitely going to sacrifice some some flex depth. I, I think you're already in kind of some rough shape in the flex spots mm-hmm. when you have to go receivers, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, this is the Montgomery bye week. Like when you can slot in running backs in those flexes, you're in a lot better shape. So losing one of those guys is going to, there's going to be a domino effect down the rest of your roster, mm-hmm. but Hey, I mean, this is part of a two quarterback league, right? Like this is what makes it fun. I'm in another one quarterback league and I have, you know, like Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow on my bench and they wouldn't even be considered in any kind of trades. Right. But in a two-quarterback league, every single quarterback who has any chance of playing is on a roster. And it makes things very fun. You have certain rosters in this league that have been hoarding four, five, six guys. And, you know, you make fun of that early in the season. As the year goes on, it looks a lot you know, smarter and smarter as the weeks go on. So, um, yeah, good luck with that. I mean, we'll find out what happens. Obviously, you and I were talking last week about what to do with the whole Darnold Walker thing. I don't know if you want to flesh out any beef with Reed here. No, 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 uh, no. no. Ter- let, let me say this though. In all okay. honesty, Reed, I totally agree with you. Um, I was kind of trolling to be honest, but at the same time, I didn't think his injury in terms of the concussion, the shoulder injury was, was serious. And I knew he wasn't going to perform the best, but I was not expecting negative points that week. So I just thought he wasn't going to play because he stinks. Like I thought he was either going to start <laughs> and get like and get benched or, I was, or, I was, or what happened. Like I was concerned with that too, but um, just, I don't know. <laughs> I just found it funny at the fact that Ree was just like, Oh, he's concussed. Like you should do this. You should do this. Like he's not going to play. And like, I, you know, kind of like shit like reed's probably right but at the same time the melfi guy just telling me that you know he's gonna <laughs> <Melfi> play <laughs> so um i went with him obviously you know went the other way uh but again i was not expecting negative points with uh sammy d but again, i mean he did, i mean like the precedent Patriots. was that like he what do you call it like the year before whenever like teddy had like an injury that he didn't practice all week they went pj walker and they won you know, mm-hmm. precedent would, would dictate that they weren't going to go with Darnold. And just, I mean, regardless of that, like, the the, the, the part that beyond all of that, Melfi, is that, like, you were not rostering three quarterbacks, even though, like, it's a two-quarterback league, and it's, like, mm-hmm. just established that, like, you need to roster two quarter – you need to roster, like, three quarterbacks at minimum. Oh, That's yeah, just, totally. Like, yeah. Now, um, it's funny I, because, yeah. coincidentally, uh, last year it wasn't in the same – same situation with the bye week and believe it or not as crazy as it sounds i did not that's something i need to include in my strike i mean bye weeks has been obviously you know that's something that needs to be strategized regardless but with the quarterback situation it's just to be honest it's coincidental i did not mean to do that again although i had two different quarterbacks in the beginning of the season but I didn't keep that in mind, and obviously I'm back to where I was last season. So if I am in this league next year, you know, if, you know, if things pan out, you know, if uh, Gibby keeps running his mouth. No, nah, I'm kidding. I mean, as long as you guys want me in this league, I'll stay in it. Fuck it. It's a free hundred dollars for you guys. But um, 
next season, you know, hopefully. You know, the other thing I want to talk about, too, after this, not to keep myself sidetracked, is the auction draft. I honestly really like it. But going back to what I was saying, um, I, uh, I'm i definitely going to consider next season to not put myself in this bow and to actually draft three quarterbacks. I think there, I think there's a pretty strong argument that four is really the magic number. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of, of, of assets and trying to – put people like Melfi into a corner. I mean, look, I back myself into some quarterback issues too. If, if the cam thing happened and cam ends up starting Sunday, I mean, I'm, it's just another disaster for me. So like, I get it. Uh, and I've had three all year, but I, you know, as someone who kind of did laugh at the bears of the world for having half a dozen dudes at two positions, maybe less sense at the tight end, but quarterback, you know, those assets are assets always. I mean, I feel like the thing is like, we need to take it baby steps. Four would be nice, but like Melfi is still two straight years at two. We need to push him to three. Yes. And then, yes. you know, like maybe four in a couple years after that, the baby steps. We're going to get to three. Uh, um, no, definitely. I'll make sure to not put myself in this position because it's definitely tormented my team uh, throughout the line. I honestly was going to use that loan system, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I kind of fucked myself with that one, to be honest. <laughs> you blew, you blew, you said you were going to spend money. You didn't spend any money on anyone. Uh, Would y'all say, do y'all think Melfi this week, so Melfi sits at three and six. The <laughs> playoffs right now, the teams four through eight are all at four and five. So Melfi is one game behind them. Uh, Melfi has Barra this week, you next week, Taylor. Eric, Jack, and then Nick uh, to close things out. Those five games. Does Melfi have to win this week to make the playoffs? I think so. I mean, he has to. He, he absolutely has to beat me and and Eric uh, as more winnable matchups. I don't think Melfi has much of a shot this week. Barris' team. Uh, it's one of the real heartbreaking things of my life. Uh, he has a pretty good team. Uh, I mean, I you know. A lot of these things, some of it's luck, some of it's, you know, figuring out that Ram stack, very solid. Like, I think I can't really think of any receiver anyone would rather have than Cooper Cup. The Pittman thing worked out. He was following the target numbers, and those came through. Obviously, we know Lockett is boomer bust, but he got that boom a week ago. Uh, yes, there are some mild injury concerns. Did you want to bring up those Camara stats, uh, Reed? Um. I don't know why because because the one the one thing with with Barra's team like whatever you put in the Discord uh, with with Kamara I mean last week oh, obviously oh, Kamara me, uh, still combined I'll for up. I'll pick it up right for a hundred okay. yards and had a couple of big plays against the Falcons he's still doing that kind of run and receiving deal but you know like eventually Devontae Booker is not going to mean anything for Barra anymore and then you're back to the lack of running back depth so that would be the only hole I keep poking in his team if there is any hole you want to poke in the Kamara anchor then that might be a problem, especially when he continues to float out tight ends in the flex spots. But the top end of this roster, quarterbacks, receivers, I don't think there's a better situation in the league when you combine those positions together. And, and Barrett keeps putting up huge fucking points. The, uh, the stat is that Alvin Kamara is averaging a career low 3.6 yards per carry, uh, and he has the second worst rush yards under expectation in the NFL this year. Uh, I mean, and right now he has a knee injury that's been keeping him out of practice this week. Um, and in general, Mark Ingram, you know, Bear has been talking up, oh, Mark Ingram's going to come back and he's going to get a role where I can play him in flex or whatever. Uh, but the result right now has been more so that Kamara has gone from a top three running back to more so like top eight, top nine running back. 
which, you know, when he's supposed to be your anchor, that holds you back quite a bit, I think. And with, I think, a lack of late season, like when we start to think about playoff matchups, a lack of late season running back depth could come back to bite Barrett too. I will say with Kamara, you know, the receiving stuff is still very impressive. 17 catches the last three weeks. The target numbers are up there. It continues to be like whenever they're throwing out any of these god-awful random fucking quarterbacks that they throw out in New Orleans, it continues to be the safety blanket, right? It's, hey, let's find Kamara. Uh, And so I think that would be the devil's advocate argument for him for Barrett going forward. But like you say, I mean, that's the anchor on a slightly weak running back core. So um, if only, you know, if only there were a team that had some extra running backs that had a need for maybe a quarterback or two, because that's where Barra has some depth. Um, Well, the cute thing with these two is there's, you know, one person, one of either Melfi's putting Barra on a no trade list or Barra's putting Melfi on a no trade list. Occasionally, the stars align. I don't know what the status is of that relationship right now. But. Uh, Barra's always wanting trades with me. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want to give him shit because it's Barra. <laughs> like, I mean, I but think that, I, like, Chris Carson makes sense to send to him because, like, I mean, you literally – you cannot play Leonard Fournette, Damian Harris, uh, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, and Chris Carson. There's not enough slots to play all five of those guys. So, uh, like uh, – and I like your wide, and your I, wide receivers like out, outside, you know the one Jarvis Landry and Hunter Renfro are like tolerable, but like those dudes should not be like your actual starting wide receivers. Like you can't trade any of those guys, so like you got to use one of your running backs. And I think I mean you said yourself you have more questions about Carson than the other guys, mm-hmm. but he does have that upside of, of an RB two, and there, there's not a whole lot of RB twos in the market right now. Mm-hmm. No, I've definitely been considering that. I mean, all jokes aside from the just the personal Barra beef, not beef, but just like not wanting to give Barra any any more chances they already has, considering he has four fucking tight ends. But um, I'll I'll definitely consider that. I, I've been ha- I, that's been all, all like in my thoughts since uh, the for or the past couple of trade talks I've had with Barra. I was like, oh, like maybe I can work this out, get someone. But I don't know. Barra is a tough person, also. Uh, you know, deal with trades. His offers are just insane. Like, I'm sure one of you guys have dealt with a Barra trade offer before. And the last trade offer I had with him was when he was pissed drunk. So that wasn't really serious, but... Sure, I've had um, a few of those. The thing with Barra is, and look, I, I'll say this as a precursor to my chirps on anyone right now. I uh, have a, a, a historically bad team, so... Like, come at me. It's all good. Uh, but I'm still going to look at this as a third party. Barra, I, I, for me, it's the other way around, Melfi. It's that he doesn't, he gets too disrespected too quickly mm-hmm. when he doesn't understand that the first offer is just that. It's the first offer. You can fucking yeah. counter it with something. Yeah. You know, he just, he completely shuts down if he doesn't like the first offer. So, mm-hmm. no, no, I totally, I, I agree with that too. And then next thing you know, he takes it on to the Discord chat. I got Gibby reaming me, like the, the usual. <laughs> just like, yeah. oh my god! Like, and the other funny part is that Barra does his trades only on phone. I don't know if he does that with you. There's no written text, so I have no proof to, you know, show any uh, any like uh, offers that he makes because everything's through voice. I I wanted to record the night that he called me when he was drunk because I think he he really wanted to do this because he kept repeating. I know they say like, oh, you're telling the truth and you're drunk, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think he was pissed drunk, but it was hilarious because he actually wanted to make – I forget what the trade offer was. But anyways, um, 
Great oh, story. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's, <laughs> that's the headline of the story there, Mel. Come on. <laughs> I I honestly wish I had I because I kid you not I I knew Bear was gonna call me that night drunk so I had the screen recording app on the iPhone going but oh, it didn't app, record yeah. it didn't record the conversation so I was so fucking pissed because. The recording I had of him would have made him look like a total dumbass. Although, like, he can say he was drunk, but again, I feel like he would still make stupid trade offers regardless if he's drunk or not. He's fucking Barra. You'll you'll, like you'll get FBI. more opportunities. Yeah, you'll yeah. get you'll get more opportunities thanks to the Patriot Act. So you're all <laughs> you're, you're all good. Uh, okay, uh, let's get back to this matchup though, as we get derailed into chirping Barra. Um, right now, Barra projected as a 65% winner in this. I think the computers have this just about right. Uh, that quarterback pairing, I think, is just no matter what you end up doing, Melf, he's going to absolutely destroy you at the quarterback positions. I think he'll win the running, the sorry, the receiver positions, uh, running back up for grabs. I think the flexes he wins. I mean, as I just go down the list, I think Barry has a better team. Uh, I think Barry gets it done this week. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, the, um, no, you go, Reed. Sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, the problem is that overall, uh, Bears team is just a lot better, but. Here's the thing is that, um, you know, as Taylor alluded to before, Tyler Lockett, hit or miss guy. Uh, Michael Pittman has been killing it of late, but Michael Pittman also has been like getting so many like five yard touchdown catches where like that's just, you know, that's pretty unsustainable. So if there's going to be a path to you winning, you know, I think Lockett and Pittman combining for less than 10 points wouldn't be the craziest thing to ever happen. And Kamara may not play. If Kamara doesn't play, that changes everything, does it not, uh, Taylor? I mean, Ingram in there instead of Kamara, I'm feeling a lot different. Yeah, I mean, that becomes almost a toss-up at that point. Uh, now, um, I, I still think the quarter – just that quarterback difference, though, is going to be so massive in I this mean, matchup. I just, it depends on who Melfi gets, of course. Of course, of course. But I'm just assuming that, you know, I mean, I know Melfi was trying to get Mahomes, but by the way, Melfi, another, I mean, we'll talk about the Mahomes deal later, mm -hmm. but part of that was just, I, my, I have two objectives the rest of the season. One is building my roster for next year. And two is avoiding last place. And there's only one way I can avoid last place at this point, And it's leaping you, you know, I see the tiers of this league. I'm probably in a tier of my own, but I think there's an argument that you and I are in that bottom tier together. Eric has now moved into kind of his own tier above us. Uh, I still think I have a shot if I make a couple more moves. So that's my objective. Therefore, even if you gave me a good package, I didn't want you to get my homes. Mm -hmm. That's part of it at the end of the day more than anything. So just to clarify that, uh, Melfi, you have the floor in this matchup. Do you think you have a chance? Uh, realistically speaking, I'm sure Yahoo's got great uh, you know, algorithms going for the projections and mathematicians. So realistically speaking, though, but I – there's just something about Bear on these four fucking tight ends, or, or is it three or four? Yeah, no, right now he's obviously starting three. There's something about that that just rattles me because who would think, you know, doing that for the rest of the season would work? Like, I doubt, I doubt any of you guys have seen this before. Like, it's it's brutally insane, and it grinds my gears. I mean, good good for Barra, but we, we all know that wasn't a strategy from the start. He knew, like, we were ragging him in the beginning. I mean, he could definitely make trades down the line for, you know, with the tight ends. But the only way for me to get any hope, um, I mean, considering, you know, Carson Wentz is playing against Jacksonville, like, let's say it's a blowout, you know, um, if he's passing the ball, gets 
you know, one or two touchdowns and the rest of the game running, you know, depending how long those touchdowns are, you know, maybe Carson Wentz won't meet projections, but I think he'll definitely reach his projection, potentially go further considering how bad Jacksonville is. But um, I don't know. I, I can't really disagree with Yahoo's projections. I mean, definitely, you know, once I make this uh, trade, you know, regardless of what quarterback I get, that'll definitely put me a little closer, but I think on paper, you know, and Yahoo's projections, you know, realistically speaking from a non-trolling uh, mindset, I, I definitely agree. Barra, you know, will, def- will beat me. Um, but, you know, as tough as that is to say, um, but no, I totally agree with the, you know, the projections, unfortunately. <laughs> to to be I- fair on Wentz, I mean, what, if Wentz plays like he did against Tennessee, mm-hmm. may, I, you know, that opens a door for you. And then uh, the I mean, Josh too. Allen against the Jaguars last week yeah. shat the bed against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing, too, I mean, I, I don't wish injury up on anybody, but, you know, imagine both one of his quarterbacks gets hurt. That puts me in the position to win, you know, as long as I have a quarterback. But, again, the likelihood of that happening is slim. But the other thing, too, is Stafford's playing against San Francisco. Now, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I hardly pay attention to San Francisco football, but I know they're, t- they're bad. So that's another blowout potential Monday night football kind of thing. So if Matthew Stafford can get hot first half, same thing could possibly fall at once. But again, you know, the odds are slim of my projections with that happening. So, But what if he got hot throwing it to Robert Woods? I mean, it has like its pluses and minus, obviously. I would love that to happen. Um, you know, I, but... I think you're writing yourself off a little too much. And this is why that you got to like be smart about making the trade to approve yourself. So you have a chance to win this week. Yeah. You have a chance to make the playoffs and like not only this, but like if you lose to bear a bear can talk shit on you for the rest of the season because he swept you. But if you beat him, there's only so much he can say yeah. because then you, then you defeated him. Yeah, totally. And T. Will did clap uh, Gibby. What was that week? Oh, whatever what week it was, but that proved that proved that proved that the underdogs can still be, you know, shit talkers. So I'm actually looking forward for this upcoming trade that I'm potentially gonna make. Regardless if it's not with Daniel, it'll be with someone else. What's your Uh, timeline? We gotta move on from this matchup, but what's your timeline thinking, Melfi? Like are you thinking like you're gonna be at a disadvantage if you wait too long? Because that would be my assumption. Like, you well, should get this moving as quickly as possible. Oh, no. Like, wait. regardless, it's going to be tonight or tomorrow. Like, okay. it, if, if it's after I fucked myself. I don't mean to swear if I'm not supposed to. I would to. agree. I, yeah. You can swear all you want. Unless <laughs> Why wouldn't you be able to the... swear? I, I just, I don't know. I've just, the I'm just yeah. I don't Son, know this is a, 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 a Christian recording. <laughs> yeah. We got to, when Bear is on, you got to, you know, try to keep, like, the slurs to a minimum. But uh, the, the normal curse words is, are fine. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I understand, especially with, you know, recording, I know to keep my mouth shut. That kind of you don't want to offend the Italians and call someone like a Mario or something. Well, I'm really Italian, so. <laughs> and look at this Mario that, being uh, crazy. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to Ben's walking boots now at four and five against myself, Alcoholics Anonymous, at a glorious two and seven. The notes for Nick, uh, of course, he had that big winning streak. It came to an end, and really the big storyline with him last week was the Bills' offense. You alluded to this just a few minutes ago, Reed, completely imploding against the Jaguars. I had Emmanuel Sanders getting targeted but not getting much more in that game. Uh, I guess let's just start there. Like, Is there any concern 
uh, with Josh Allen because that's one of the big anchors uh, of Nick's team here going forward as we think about the playoff picture. I mean, I don't think that – I mean, I think that there's some concern there. I mean, the Bills have been arguably the best team in the AFC this year, but that's been a large part because their defense has taken a massive step and they've been the best defense in the AFC. Uh, but the offense, I mean, it's, it's still pretty good. But, you know, last year it was considered one of the three to five best offenses in the entire NFL, and right now it's more of an average to like slightly above average unit. Um, I mean, I think that concerns me a little bit and, you know, Buffalo, we're probably, we're probably going to have some really shitty weather games coming up for the bills at some point this year. Um, I think it's a little bit concerning because, uh, because Nick has had a little bit of a rotating cast at the QB two spot. It feels like every week he somehow manages to pick the wrong guy who goes off, uh, between Jimmy G, Derek Carr and Mac Jones, uh, all of whom, you know, because you know how do you ever know who to pick between those people who's going to go off you never know yeah yeah i uh i i mean look this is an offense that had put up 30 plus points five weeks in a row i think four of those were 35 plus uh just just a few weeks ago you know so I, i'm not sure if i'm gonna hit the panic button just yet as far as this matchup i mean you know being as objective as i can i think he should be in fine shape uh, across the board but hey Matt Ryan QB one. We'll see if this Matt Ryan of last week is a real thing. I will say this, the Falcons offense is genuinely moving the ball. Uh, a lot of this has to do with Cordero. Kyle Pitts did not have a, a super explosive game last week, but they're at least involving him out over the middle. And finally, Matt Ryan is making some of these throws kind of rolling out to his right, airing them out down that far right sideline often to Cordero, but there was also Zacchaeus involved. Like there, there have been glimpses of the Matt Ryan that we saw three, four, five years ago, which obviously it's not a dude I wanted at a QB one. It's not a dude I really wanted at QB two, but now looking back as a dude that I spent 10 bucks on, that ends up being an auction decision that I'm actually fairly comfortable with uh, in terms of the quarterback spot. Obviously for me at QB two, I'm going PJ Walker. So that could go a minus five. That could go five. That could go 10. I don't have many expectations beyond that, but I needed a guy on the Danny Dimes bye week and off of the Mahomes trade. That's what happens uh, when I do the Mahomes package. And I guess that's the segue now to talking about Patrick Mahomes. We have the two sides of this trade here. Uh, Reed gets Mahomes and Tim Patrick. As I pull up the full list of returning guys, I got Trey Lance, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Devonta Smith, Carlos Hyde, and Dearness from Cleveland. Um, I, you know, since Reed and I are obviously a little bit biased on this trade, I am curious, Melfi, you said you didn't love the trade for me. So let's hear your thoughts on this before we uh, get back into this matchup. There's a decent chance that he only has one quarterback for this week. I mean, that's a Melfi move. Ooh. <laughs> Throwing podcast chairs. <laughs> so... That could low-key be an advantage for me as I think about strategy. The thing with Barra is, and look, I'll say this as a precursor to my chirps on anyone right now. I uh, have a a, a historically bad team. So, like, come at me, it's all good. uh, But I'm still going to look at this as a third party. 
You said oh, that yeah, Carter was being brutalized by the mirage of hope that brings us down every single day in this capitalistic society and that nothing will ever could happen to you because... I'm, you know, I sort of see myself as like a two guard, like Kyle Lowry type for like, I, you know, I can run point if necessary, but I also can play off ball. Whereas I okay. feel like you're more of a heliocentric player where like you need things to run thing you. I don't want to be in last place concerning the punishments, uh, but uh, I don't know. It's like to give you an answer. Yeah, I want to shoot for the ship. I mean, the likelihood of that happening is slim, but again, it's just another dumb story that I think if it were to happen, you know, I'd get my respect not only that, but on top of that, the story would just be amazing. I would agree. Uh, All right, Melf, uh, you said you, uh, you had some criticisms of of my trade from my side. Uh, so the floor well, is yours. No, so in all honesty, it was just the fact that I just didn't get Patrick Mahomes. I didn't really, I just, okay. I don't know. It, it was really just the fact that I wasn't able to execute the trade with you. And I was willing to offer more, but, you know, you ended up making the trade before I could make that offer. But regardless, offer it was more. just really, I honestly, I was willing to maybe throw in another pick, but honestly, I didn't really get a chance. I had it like written down somewhere. There's a couple, tra- I, I write down things because that's how I just visualize, you know. I know it's kind of odd, sure. but. Um, I, mean, I, I got a post in it right here. Same. I was you doing, both, I was brother. doing, I was doing, I was doing it at work too. I was like, you know, I could really get Patrick Mahomes. I'm writing shit down while I'm helping customers with like fucking cellular. Uh, I'm I really quiet. I work at Best Buy, so I help out with like uh, phones and shit. And I have this customer ask me, "Oh, what the iPhone 13?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care. I'm trying to figure out my trades. <laughs> but um, what labor just, shortage? Yeah, it's that's total bullshit. It's just kids don't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, back back on track, Muff. <laughs> yeah. But um. No, just the fact that I just didn't get Patrick Mahomes. I, I totally – you even said in the beginning of the podcast that your focus basically is not letting me take uh, your rankings as far as being in last place. You know, I don't, no one wants to be in last place, so I totally agree with that. And once you said that, it kind of changed my perspective on your strategy. I mean, look, look it, do, it won't matter unless I can win some games. I mean, as things yeah. stand, you still have a better roster than me, I, I would argue, but – I, at least, like, so first of all, I had to get out of the Mahomes thing. If I want to just pull back the curtain a little bit on kind of how this happened and why it happened, I was at least lightly shopping Mahomes around for the last few weeks. And in in a in kind of classic form this season, I waited too long in this case. Uh, I could have gotten more than this deal off of Gibby just a week ago. Uh, for Mahomes, I could have gotten a man named Cordero Patterson, uh, who would have been a better, you know, short-term option than anyone I got here, unless Clyde Edwards-Hilaire comes back and is, you know, instantly CEH again that we knew from last year. Uh, but I also had to make considerations for next season, and you know, Reed and I were talking. I would have loved to get Trevor, but I think there's some real sense in getting both Lance and Devonta to give me some flexibility there. And Devonta, you know, yes, pure boomer bust. And I've made fun of a lot of the, you know, uh, the the Barra, Lockett, boomer bust kind of players. But that's the kind of player that I have access to at this point with the assets that I had. 
You know, I wasn't going to get a consistently good return basically from anyone, maybe one player in the deal. And I'm hoping that that could be CEH when it comes back. But I had to gamble on some of these boomer bust guys. And, you know, I get the earnest for this week. I get uh, some consistency from CEH. And then I'm going to hope that Devonta goes off occasionally and I get Lance for next season. Uh, losing Tim Patrick, not great, although I was willing to give him up for $2 the week before and then he went off on my bench. So I can't complain too much about that. Ultimately, it was just the best package. It gave me a little bit of flexibility for this season. It gave me a lot more flexibility for keeper considerations for next. And from Reed's side of things, I mean, he now has a Mahomes-Lamar Jackson quarterback tandem. Uh-huh. Now, does that mean the same thing as it would have three months ago when we were previewing the season? Absolutely not. But knowing how things have gone this year, you know, the AJB deal, uh, although that's since gotten, you know, you can make arguments of both sides there, the Kelsey Dalvin deal, uh, things tend to go against me after making the trade. So I'm sure Mahomes will explode. But the final consideration here is that even if Mahomes does become Patrick Mahomes again and looks like a generational talent, I have Travis Kelsey. I have the two Chiefs running backs. I have dudes who can rise with the Mahomes rise in theory. So at least that hedge allows me to sleep at night a little bit. Um, you know, that's my assessment of it. I, I was thrown off guard by getting a text uh, from Gibby, you know, whatever, 11 o'clock at night or whatever, uh, uh, idiotic trade, comma, no cap. Uh, and, then I, and, then he, and then he texted me saying, actually, very fair trade. I realized uh, I only saw like two of the names. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's kind of the Gibby experience for you. But Reed, what are your thoughts on this uh, this Mahomes trade after it went down? I mean, I think it's this is going to uh, this was a trade that you you look at it would not have been possible last season because we have the keeper element now, and we where we have future considerations where like your you have ties to future seasons as well as you know investment in trying to like win this year as everyone is trying to do. Um, you know, this trade doesn't get done without the the future considerations on your end. Uh, now, I, I do think with regards to Trey Lance, I don't think that I, – I think that Trey Lance is going to start at, the, at some point in the season, certainly by the consolation bracket time when you actually need him. And he has such a high – I mean, he's he's got the highest rushing, r- highest rushing usage that you're ever going to see from a quarterback, maybe even higher than Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I think there's a real chance that Trey Lance is a QB one for you come the consolation playoffs, just for the record. So I don't think that's just a future play, but also, you know, um, Lance was a guy that, and this has been on, you know, past podcasts. I've said it to everyone, my plan for a while after the auction going into it. And I wanted to have myself set up to where next year, I was going to have a quarterback duo of Trey Lance and Trevor as my keepers, you know, for under $25, the combination of the two, where I think that both could be potential QB ones. Lance, I think is more likely to be a QB one this year and next season than Trevor. Um, Trevor obviously be just because he's cheaper has more value to me because I can hold on to him for like five or six years at a relatively good rate. Um, Devonta Smith also for you, um, you know, you, you made the comparison to Tyler Lockett where, you know, he's a little bit inconsistent. And I would agree with you on that front. But, you know, I do think that like Jamar Chase's historic season has kind of taken away from the fact and Justin Jefferson also being historic last year has taken away from the fact that Devonta Smith is having a ridiculous season as far as a rookie wide receiver goes. He has an unbelievable target share 
And, you know, the Eagles now, they have three first-round picks next year. There's their own, the Dolphins, which looks like it's going to be top five, and the Colts. So the quarterback next year is not going to be Jalen Hurts. It's going to be someone who is better than Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's Deshaun Watson. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. It's going to be a better quarterback. And you're telling me that 120 targets from Russell Wilson doesn't feel a whole lot different than 120 targets from Jalen Hurts? At that point, you're talking about a $4 player who probably would have gone for like $40 in the auction next year. So that's a pretty strong value there with regards to that. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting trade from that perspective. And, you know, Mahomes, you know, this is a, an instance where you, I think it was understandable where you wanted to wait out the Green Bay game. You know, Green Bay, not a, a great defense. It made sense to say, you know what, Mahomes has had a bad couple of games it's reasonable to assume that his value is only going to go up. And unfortunately for you, it went down and to the point where now I was kind of the only person willing to go in on it because I was having conversations with a lot of people saying like, Hey, Taylor seems like he's kind of down to trade Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, you might need to look into this. Um, I mean, Sam, whenever Sam told me that he was completely uninterested in Mahomes at this point, I was just flabbergasted by that because, you know, we've talked, we said it before QB two is his main issue. And you're telling me that, you know, I, I don't know. Mahomes, I just feel like Mahomes was going to be an upgrade for him. Even if he's not the number one quarterback in fantasy, he's going to be an upgrade over Taylor Heineke and Mike white yeah. and Jordan love or whatever like that. I that think surprised with him- me. Yeah, I, I think with him philosophically, it had a lot to do with having so many dudes, having so many long-term investments already. Like, not, I mean, look, Mahomes could could pop back this week. Like, the, the, the Mahomes rise could happen at any time. But I think he really was hesitant to get another guy that he's like, oh, maybe this dude will be much better in a month because he already had all these IR dudes. Uh, he's been waiting out for a bunch of players to kind of, you know, uh, recoup some value. I think that had something to do with it. Now I will say like, a week ago, I very possibly could have gotten Cordero and, and hunt and some quarterback considerations in a Mahomes deal with Gibby. Um, and he was completely out on anything related to that this week. Like you just mentioned, I'm wondering from you though, Reed, if I made this deal and look, you know, hindsight as Cam Newton says is 50, 50. If I made this a week ago, how better of a deal do I get? Like, is Trevor is it a Trevor Lawrence instead of Trey Lance upgrade? Is that the difference? What does this deal uh, look like if it's a week ago? I am, I mean, I am extremely, extremely hesitant to get rid of Trevor. And also, yeah, I remember this time last week, I was four and four, not five and four. And I was four and four um, coming off of like, I was a big underdog and Jonathan Taylor at 44 on Thursday night. So uh, things are looking especially rough where it looked like I was going to be four and five. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I am like, I mean, Trey Lance, I had been planning out a full year of being like my quarterback. And like, I've been like obsessed with Trey Lance for like a while, been following the 49ers training camp stuff and the beat writers religiously for months, been obsessed with Trey Lance, but like Trevor, I've been obsessed with for like three or four years. And like, he's, like I said, he's someone that I could maybe have for another five years. Um, so you know, so like I love Trevor in a way that I did, that I was going to make it almost impossible to get rid of him. 
Um, the, gold, the golden locks, just move your pickle. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, maybe I would have been willing to throw in, like, maybe Javante Williams is more likely to be on the table there, um, though I – I think he's. I think he is liable to have a pretty big breakout second half of the year, sort of what Cam Akers was for me last season. Um, yeah, I really. I thought. I think Javante is going to be awesome coming up. Um, um, you know, I, I probably maybe I would have thrown in like Terry McLaurin. You know okay. that. I think that I probably would have been able to throw in that, but you know, this is an instance where like I I just sort of waited it out and like I knew what I was willing to make an offer of, where like it made sense for my team. And then everyone else is sort of backed out for whatever fucking reason. Um, Do you think my strategy, though, waiting a week made sense? I mean, my, my thinking was just there's oh, there yeah. no mean, way that the fucking value could drop any lower from two weeks ago. No, and, and I, don't, I mean, I don't think that the I think the gain you would have gotten would have been way better than the the drop in what whatever you got was. Because like like you said, I think you set yourself up pretty well for next season. Like you yeah. have a lot, you have multiple quality keeper options. You can feel that you are entering next season, like not at, at least at the same level as everyone else. Cause you were like running the risk of like starting next season, like way behind everyone else in terms of like having a valuable keeper. Um, well, but even, even for this season though, like if CEH comes back in a CEH of last year or even earlier this year in those two games, I mean, now again, like the receiving stuff was lower when he was healthy earlier this season, but you know, like that's an instant upgrade to my running back core. And I would argue, even if Devonta is giving me a boom only once every three games, I think my receiving core, you know, it's the Tim Patrick thing. Okay. But I wasn't even playing him. Like you, you're clearly more into Tim Patrick than I am. I think, I think my receiving core got better also. So yeah, I think like short term as well, like you, you upgraded yourself. Um, I mean, like it, you were able to balance multiple needs. So like you did, you know, you ended up pretty well for there. And like the drop-off was not as significant as it would have been an upgrade if you'd stayed. Um, so I think the strategy was sound. It just didn't work out. Uh, now, so I, the question I have for you um, at this point, and I want to bring, I want to bring Melfi in for this too, because I think it's a question for both of you. Um, this was all of our, like, this was my second auction draft, the first one, like with $300 and like a two quarterback deal. So like essentially the first time doing an auction like this, um, and it was obviously the first time doing an auction for either of y'all as well. How would you approach the auction n- next year differently, knowing what you know now in terms of like how things have matriculated to the, this point mid season? Let's start off with you, Melfi. Um, I mean, not going to go too into detail because I've actually been planning for next year's auction. Oh, 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 no, no, come on. Let's go. go into detail. Go into detail. Come on. All right. So, I mean, First and foremost, I really love the auction draft. I think that definitely changes my mind towards fantasy. Uh, it was very fun, but in regards to strategize and prevent from you know me facing the double bye, re- bye weeks of quarterbacks, I, I was too conservative. Like, no, honestly, I, I was on my Jordan Belford shit trying to uh, over uh, overprice some of the key players in the beginning of the draft so you guys would use all your fob. I was reading someone that does auction drafts that they like doing that to throw things off, but that didn't really work. But most importantly, not to be too conservative, you know, when the players like quarterbacks, for instance, when uh, a tier one quarterback gets on that auction draft, you know, make a 
make a like a good betting size on that rather than you know holding off and waiting for someone else because i, I did make a bunch of mistakes uh throughout the drafts with that kind of stuff but um it's it's more being less conservative i should say of what i plan on doing next next season but not go too crazy with uh because i obviously want to find value plays because uh, at the end of the draft, I, you know, you guys would have to admit, I did get some value on some high-end players that ended up trading, like Mike Evans, although he's um, – it's it's hard to draft, in my opinion, uh, what's it called, Buccaneers players because they just have so many weapons. But I, I, I'm pretty sure I got CD and uh, Mike Evans for a pretty reasonable price considering their tier levels and uh, – Both for around 30 bucks. Yeah, and I, I think I think in my opinion that's quite reasonable. But again, I might have again. I, I was also basing off Yahoo's like values, but um, I think this strategy did help out in the end of the auction because I left over FAB or FFOB, I should say, whatever. Um, but again, I think it's more of being a little bit more aggressive towards you know more lethal players. So, would you say that next year, what would be the optimal amount of budget to be left over after the auction to roll over to your fob budget because you know it, it sounds like you're you're happy with having 30 fab or 30 dollars left over to roll over to your fab would that be something that you want to end up with next year or no, would it be no it's maybe that's, more like that's definitely going to change like half maybe more than half less than what i had you know to start off with on top of the original fob budget but no most certainly not especially with what happened this year okay Okay, so Taylor, what would you say, like, what? how are you going to approach the auction differently next year, knowing what you know now? Well, it's interesting. I hear Melfi talking in terms of kind of conservative versus aggressive. I, I would almost go the other direction uh, and try to be a little bit more conservative. I'm not sure that's exactly the way I would phrase it, but way, there's two prongs that I have to change completely existentially in how I approach the auction. One is way less boomer bust. I mean, this is the obvious one. I spent half my fab on two guys, half my budget. I should half my budget on two guys, uh, 73 on Dalvin 74 on Patrick Mahomes. Now. Yeah. Those are great anchors. And my team now arguably has zero stars, maybe Kelsey, if he pulls it together. So it would be nice to have those stars again. But if you look at what I ended up doing later in the draft, like, okay, I get Dalvin and Patrick and I felt good about that. And then you know, I do the A.J. Brown thing. I end up getting James Robinson for a good price. I think that, with hindsight, looked like a very good draft pick. But then I had to go into the fucking dumpster and get Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, Will Fuller. You know, I really lucked into getting Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones as cheap as I did later in the draft. I mean, getting Danny Dimes for a dollar, even now, 10 bucks for Matty Ice, I thought it was way too much at the time. That was just pure luck that I backed my way into that. The full back end of the draft, I had absolutely no money to spend. You know, you're talking about guys like Gesicki uh, and Austin Hooper, who I was grabbing for tight end. But forget the back end. Everyone's back end is bad. My draft started falling off around the sixth pick. And even, you know, like the A.J. Brown and Julio picks, this, this is another thing. I guess this would be a third prong, and I'll get to my second prong in a second, is I assess A.J. Brown and Julio completely in a vacuum. Uh, you know, $27 for Julio at the time. This is a dude I've been watching half my life. He's a future Hall of Famer. Obviously, he had those nagging injury things. He has half a toe. He has hamstring issues, and all that's popped up this year. But I really felt that less than 30 bucks for a dude as talented as Julio made sense. 
Uh, obviously more money closer to 40 bucks on AJB. I thought it made sense in a vacuum, you know, but that's me looking at two guys in a vacuum who play on the same team and not even considering the Tennessee offense really as much as I should have. So that was a massive misstep by me. Uh, and possibly the biggest, even th that might be an even bigger misstep than the Mahomes and Dalvin thing, because at least the Mahomes and Dalvin things I have now parlayed into other options. I mean, Kelsey has been underwhelming, but he's still putting up close to 20, even in the bad games. I mean, he, he can have solid performances, has not been the superstar return I wanted for Dalvin, but he hasn't been a disaster, uh, you know, at least compared to some of those other Kansas City offense options. Um, whereas, and, you know, Mahomes, we just talked about the, the return I got. But AJB and Julio, Julio is just wasting space on my roster at this point. AJB, okay, I get feeling back. He's getting the touchdowns. The yardage numbers for him are concerning. Uh, I thought James Robinson was a good draft pick, but after Julio, I mean, you know, I was, I was unlucky to get Gus Edwards out for the year. I thought Mike Davis made sense as a theoretical starting running back, but those just aren't great players and you can get much better players at seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. And I was just completely boxed out because I spent almost $150 on two guys. So I, mean, I think that, go ahead. I, was just, I think that like, I think Gus Edwards and Mike Davis, that is just, I would, I think that the Julio versus Gus Edwards and Mike Davis things are two completely different deals. Gus Edwards and Mike Davis, that is just like just rotten, rotten luck because Gus Edwards, okay, J.K. Dobbins like got hurt and like we've seen the other Baltimore running backs all suck ass. Like Gus Bus was going to get a shit ton of volume. He was probably going to be like a top 13 running back. I, we feel pretty, you know, at, at $13, that would have been a steal. Mike Davis, who would have, like, Cordero Patterson this year, like, anyone who predicted that, no one predicts that at all. No one at all picks that, predicts that at all. So, I mean, we talk about if Gus Edwards doesn't tear his ACL, or I, I think that was the injury. If Mike Davis, like, if Cordero Patterson doesn't happen and Mike Davis just gets the volume that everyone was expecting to, you, I mean, Chase Edmonds, that ended up being a pretty lucky pick. Where $2, he ended up – I mean, he got hurt now, so it's not looking as lucky now. But, I mean, he was looking – before he got hurt, he was high-end RB2. I mean, you could argue maybe low-end RB1 if you, you really wanted to squint. Um, it, what really hurt you – first of all, it, what just destroyed you is Mike dropping Mike Kosicki because Mike Kosicki had zero the week one and has been amazing since. Like he's been like as amazing as is a very is, is a strong word, but okay, okay, that's fair. I mean, he, that's he's fair. been like top five, like he's been like top five, you know, or whatever. Um, but Reed, and, but, but Reed, you would have done the same thing, right? I mean, you were watching that that Dolphins game was fucking disgusting. It like, was pretty bad. I mean, like I don't necessarily blame you. Um, I do think that like with your other picks, I feel like your back, your bottom picks or whatever, none of them were high upside awful. guys. Yeah, no, those are awful moves. Awful moves. Like, I, so that's enough. Yeah, go ahead. I, I have a couple other points, but go ahead. Like you, because also I think you, I think what we also have to realize now, and I don't think I even took enough into account for this, but like, you know, whenever you get down to the one, like $5 or less dudes, you need to, it's more important to go boom or bust because a, like the JD McKissick's of the world can always be had on waivers, but two, remember the auction, this is where you get your keepers. So like that $1 guy, if he ends up being something incredible, that's where you get the guy that ends up being your keeper for the next three years and like transforms your team. But like, you're not going to have the opportunity for any of those guys to turn into that. 
if you're spending your one dollar on like JD McKissick, who has a defined ceiling. Well, if you happen to get one of those booms early in the season, suddenly you can have all these trade conversations, right? Like you can't have those trade exactly. conversations about an Alberto or a, well, you know that's a true spot pick, MIC, but uh, or a uh, or a JD McKissick, right? So or a Byron Pink Pringle, like all three of those picks, I would not do again. So that's this is actually a four prong strategy. So just to recap, the first less boomer bust not going into the 70s. I don't know if I'm going to set a strict money cap, but I might consider it just to keep myself grounded uh, and understand the kind of range of 25 to 45 or $50 guys that I want to get. Um, that's the first prong. The second prong I haven't even mentioned yet is just giving more consideration to the rookies. I mean, this is a little bit what you're talking about on those later picks, right? But I look, I follow college football not as deeply as you do read across the sport, but like, I know some of these prospects. I just often, they're just not at the front of my mind, even, even in snake drafting now into auction that needs to change. What I saw happen with Jack and Jamar chase, you know, I, I need to give more rookie prep before the draft and to give myself a full list of options in order that I'm ready to go on and make, hold myself to trying to get a couple of them uh, on my roster. Even if it's late, you know, even if they're cheap options, give myself an option with a couple of those guys instead of like, you know, some of those guys you just mentioned instead of a J.D. McKissick. OK, so that's prong two. Um, I will say with regard yeah. to the rookies, um, and this is because like you're talking about you don't like doing the boom bust guys. One thing with you is I just feel like you you don't you lack the stomach for boom bust guys like you need that consistency because that's that soothing consistency where you know it's not going to be as big of an issue. And that is that is one problem with rookies. Because, yeah. like, rookies historically, like, so I forgot what the numbers were, like, uh, but someone had a great stat today about how, like, rookies, like, weeks one through eight versus nine through 17, the rookies, like, they perform so much higher the second half of the year. But that means you have to sit with them the first half where they're not doing as much. But, like, you think about, like, Jonathan Taylor last year, was whatever he was a flex option or whatever for most of the season and then by the end of the season Jonathan Taylor was like a top eight running back you know these these rookies explode sort of near the end of the season um so but yeah go what was your what would be your second prong well or, so Melfi, the other that that was the second and actually the other two I've already kind of covered but let me just recap the third is more consideration to full team offense not, not assessing players exclusively in a vacuum Right. Like I and this goes to the AJB um, and Julio thing. I mean, the early a lot of those early losses this season can really be attributed to those Tennessee receivers just not showing up. And, you know, I got myself into this purgatory situation where it's like, man, I feel like both of them, particularly AJB, but I feel like both of these guys are going to rise. When do I move? When do I move? Similar to what happened with Mahomes over the last month. And those are tough, you know, inner monologues to have. Um, sometimes you just need to shake things up. It depends how much of a believer you're in, but it's not like I went into this draft as a super tight ends offense believer. So it didn't make sense to do that stack. I like the prices in a vacuum. I still understand why I drafted Julio, despite that being a disaster for me, but I needed to assess what I thought that picture would look like across a full season, a little bit better. Um, and then the fourth we, we, we touched on as well, it's just not getting useless guys late in the draft, you know, uh, getting guys that have a higher upside, not getting guys that anyone that you think you can get 
for a cheap price on waivers early in the season, you don't need to be drafting. So I would say that I would make that case with at least three players late in my draft, maybe four. Um, so yeah, those are my lessons going into what could be a, an in-person live draft next year. So hopefully it'll be fun. Yeah. We'll see how that, we'll see how things go there. Uh, Melfi, um, you, you think it's between you and Taylor, you said for last place, how confident are you that you will end up avoiding last place and it will be Taylor instead having to consume all those beverages and pizzas? <laughs> Well, I am a big boy, so regardless, if I do come in last place, I'm, you know, eating those pizzas is nothing to me. But, well, well, I can't wait, but what was the, like, the last place stuff? Like, what do we have to do as far as punishments? Um, I, I, I mean, I can pull it up real quick. Sorry, um, I, don't, I didn't mean to. One load. No, it's important to put this out. There. Yeah, it's uh, the owner that finishes last place will have to consume some combination of 24 alcoholic beverages slices of pizza and or waffles or pancakes within a 12 hour span and document it uh i mean i'm not really a drinker so that's kind of tough but i mean if it's beers i'll slam down some beers but regardless i don't think i'm gonna be coming last place unfortunately i think t-o might uh the spotlight's on you for last place my guy you're gonna have to stand that pedestal hand that last place uh piece of cardboard saying i lost my fantasy football i gotta do punishments now but I'm, I'm confident i won't be in last place but again i gotta make this move with this quarterback for me to really say anything <laughs> i'm pretty confident that the gap i mean this is really sad to say but the gap between us and the rest of the league is only going to grow as the rest of the season goes on however just because you're picking up losses that doesn't help me like i'm behind you right now with an i, I would say with the worst roster so i still i think need to be making some moves um, and it doesn't seem like I'm going to win this week. I'll, I'll let you all predict this before I get my prediction. Uh, Reed, who's you're, you're pulling Nick out of this one. Uh, yeah, Nick's gonna, I think Nick will obliterate you. <laughs> all right. Now you could have been a little kinder there. That's fine. Melfi, go ahead. Uh, literally just gonna, literally you're going to get obliterated just as I am with Barra. <laughs> it's not insane that my, so like my receiving core has not been good this year. A lot of that has to do with the tight end shit that I mentioned. So the Thielen situation, you know, you can look at touchdowns one of two ways. One, it's great that he scored in seven of the last eight games. Two, it's pretty awful that his points have not been, I mean, he had one 30-burger, but they haven't been incredible despite getting into the end zone. I mean, last year, last week was the perfect example of this, getting single digits despite scoring a touchdown. I mean, that's hard to do, and he pulled it off. So that's concerning. What I feel pretty good about are the targets are still great with him. Targets are pretty good with Sanders, too, and I feel the boom is there with, you know, always a possible 40-yard touchdown. And, again, we just mentioned Devonta as a boom guy, too. So, you know, if I get a collected uh, boom receiver week, CEH back, who knows? The problem is my quarterback position situation is so much worse than it was. Um, and I have, I would say, zero stars. I mean, James Robinson and Travis Kelsey are the closest. Kelsey's been underwhelming. I think he gets back. James Robinson has been very good. Would you call him a star? I think that's a stretch. So, that's the biggest issue with me going up against a team with like a half dozen stars. Uh, I'm giving Nick the win as well. Okay. Um, we have like nine and a half minutes left. So let's try and like wrap it up with this one. Um, so let's, uh, I guess we just, we have six teams left. Do you want to just run through each team and just like talk about one thing with each? 
Yeah, let's bang through them. Call me if you get Moss. That is you at five and four against Little Buff Boys at four and five. Eric uh, was kind of down in the Melfi T. Will tier, but has pulled himself up a little bit. Uh, you, uh, Reed, really needed to get back in the win column and now move on in the Mahomes era. I'll just start with you. How are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, I feel relatively good about it. I mean, I think it's a uh, good timing for me to face Eric in a week where Justin Fields is off because now it's going to be, you know, Jared Goff is less imposing than him, uh, than Fields. Um, I, I think Eric's um, flexes are a little bit weak this week. You know, OBJ is not going to be playing for the Rams quite yet, I don't think. Uh, and now I think I have one of the stronger teams in the league, so I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I would ask y'all, uh, do y'all feel that Fields – after Monday night, you know, after he he also put together a, a solid performance uh, the week prior, uh, would you say that he – would you trust him now to be a complimentary QB2 to Justin Herbert at this point? Well, I, I think, you know, finally seeing that stuff on the ground is the biggest promising note there, right? Like, I, I would feel that that's sustainable going forward. Um, you know, considering that that's been a huge – gaping hole for Eric and he might have a stable enough QB two going forward. That's a huge improvement. Yeah. I think, I, I think, you know, again, as a passer, I'm very much not sold, but on the ground, he can do some things. And, you know, in fantasy, we've seen the value of that for Russian quarterbacks. So uh, yeah, I, I think Eric, I look, I like Eric's prospects a hell of a lot more right now than I did whenever he and I were kind of, whenever I was kind of looking at his roster for trades a week or two ago, um, I, I think he's cleanly ahead of Melfi and I, certainly myself, but uh, probably ahead of Melfi as well uh, in terms of where his roster is at. Having said that, you know, uh, tough bye week situation for him this time around. I do think you get it done. I mean, the Mahomes thing, it'll be fascinating. I'm sure Mahomes goes off on Sunday Night Football after losing him. It's just how it goes for me. Uh, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I think you're probably looking for more of the McLaurin of two weeks ago. Uh, or three weeks ago, whenever that game was, um, than some of those other duds. But beyond that, like, you know, you go position by position, I think still with receivers, you're going to get it done. The Christian Kirk thing, you know, uh, very, you talk about boom or bust, like that's the definition of easily could be a single digit performance from him. Uh, you know, you obviously have a tight end advantage and I think you have pretty, you know, fairly even in the flex spots, but yeah, I like you this week. Yeah. So, uh, Melfi, which way are you going? Uh, I'm literally just going to say I agree with what T. Will said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. Um, uh, okay. So, Dan I mean, I think Daniel. We got Melfi. We sorry. We have uh, Curtis and Daniel. Uh, Daniel like has to win this. Because, like, a loss effectively puts him three games back of Curtis and the Marino with four games left. Um, do y'all think that he's on a three-game losing streak right now? And as a side note, three of the four playoff teams from last year have had at least a three-game losing streak this year. Um, do you think just, like, Saquon and Kyler getting healthy is all that Daniel needs to do to, like, get to right the ship here? Um not necessarily Saquon considering, you know, when he is healthy, he's not really performing like how we all, you know, we all know Saquon could perform, but I don't know. I don't, I mean, obviously needs Kyler to get healthy, but I don't think Saquon will change anything in my opinion. But again, anything can happen with when he comes back, but I certainly just don't really believe in Saquon right now. 
Uh, I okay. think it would be helpful. I'm very curious to see what happens with this Melfi trade. Uh, I want to know what return he gets and how to build the team. Keep in mind also, not that this would necessarily help his biggest hole, but at some point, you know, I, I, God bless him, you know, deal with your mental health how you have to. Calvin Ridley, we've seen him be a, a borderline superstar uh, in this league. And if he comes back way later in the season when Daniel's gotten himself or at least kept himself in the playoff mix, that could be a huge return as well. Um, now maybe he comes back and Cordero is still the leading target guy for the Falcons would not shock me considering that the Falcons are two and one without Calvin Ridley. So, uh, well, that'll be something to track, but that's another part of Daniel's team. I, I do think the, you know, Kyler is his most important player and not having him in is obviously going to hurt you. So, um, getting him back is massive. Assuming that happens this weekend, we'll all keep our eyes on that. We're constantly in this quarterback limbo in this league of just, you know, looking at fucking practice reports and seeing what's happening. But, um, uh, and also on the other side, of course, the, uh, the return of Russ, um, as we but also, we're going to say, Daniel, you talked about quarterbacks. He added a quarterback this morning, Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, which you know, he's not going to start this week. He's going to start. He's probably going to be the starter starting next week. Um, last year for as bad as he was, uh, he was still QB 12 in our league. Um, what do you think right now? Like if Daniel put him out on the trade market, what do you think he could get? I mean, at least a startable WRRT guy. Like I, 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 cause I, I would assume, I mean, look, you're the Panthers fan in this call. I would assume we're only one week away from Cam being the starter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even think like PJ would have to be overwhelmingly impressive. I think even if he's like average, they're going to go with Cam in a week. That's my impression. He would have to be like Dan Marino or something for them not to go with Cam in a week. Okay. So that's even clearer put than me. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe two startable players, I, at least one like very solid WRT guy. Um I don't know, maybe more. I, Melfi would be the has, has been the guy that's had those conversations, kind of feeling out how he's valuing different parts of his rosters. So, Melfi, you might have more insight into this. Yeah, Melfi, what would you be? What would you give up for Cam? For Cam Newton? Yeah. Um, it's tough because you don't get it. You need a quarterback this week, and you wouldn't. You wouldn't get him this week. So I, I just, I don't know, Cam Newton. He just. He's not really like regardless if he was playing throughout the season, he wouldn't be on my radar whatsoever. So that's a very tough one. But um, I, but I if he's a starting quarterback, and I mean, Reed mentioned like even when he was underwhelming QB twelve, like top third quarterback in the league, that's going to put you at a much bigger advantage than you're at now with your quarterback situation. Well, given well, given the current trade situation, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer the other quarterback than Cam Newton. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because you need a guy this week. So Yeah, and I most certainly think the deal is possibly happening right after this podcast. So. You, think it's gonna, you think it's going down? Yeah, it's like uh, he's asking me right now, like, uh, you still on the pie? I said yes. And I told him to please give me a moment. So I think it'll happen after this podcast. Trade, emphasize, do what you can to give up Chris Carson for a quarterback. Someone will give you a quarterback for Oh, Chris yeah, Carson. now that – then now that you put that in mind, I'm definitely considering that because I might want to try and get someone else on top of the quarterback because the person he offered, I'm a little iffy. But, again, the person he's asking for, don't really want to give up, but I might do it anyways. But now I might add Chris Carson to the trade, which will kind of beef up the return. 
Are you gonna? Are you trading? Is your goal to try and make the playoffs and win the championship still, or are you just strictly trying to avoid last? Um, I mean, I definitely. I mean, I I think anyone would say they want to shoot for the championship. I mean, that would be a great uh, underdog moment, considering all the shit talking uh, and some bad managerial moves or manager moves, I should say. Um, I definitely want to shoot for the ship, um, but at the same time, I... I think I, I might have a slight advantage by having thrown hope out the window. If I make a couple more moves kind of based off of that, Melfi, uh, you seem to, you know, uh, be holding out just a glimmer of hope for this season. I don't know what your considerations are necessarily for some of the keeper plays, but you're obviously uh, you know, a little bit closer to the playoff picture than I am. Let's look at that. Let's actually, let's look into that with you, uh, Melfi, because I wanted to get, I was curious on who at this point you think are going to be your keepers. That's actually um, funny that you mentioned that because I remember when I traded you, Devante, you mentioned uh, the keeper thing. And obviously, I did read about that. I mean, I just didn't put it into perspective on how I should utilize that for the time being. But I don't know. Right now, it's definitely not looking good to who I want to be for a keeper. Um, well, also, Devonta, remember, you know, you said you wanted Mahomes. Devonta was one of the most attractive pieces for me acquiring Mahomes. Yeah, so um, I don't know. Uh, David Montgomery, to be honest, like I, I just like his style of play. You know, if he can maintain health, you know, be healthy, I, I like him a lot. I'm trying to so find. You, don't you think emailed like, this out, right? You emailed out like this. Yeah, the, I uh, well, I put it in a newsletter. I'm looking at it, the options right now. Uh, um, what is this? The I'm sorry. The, uh, I had yeah, it on my keeper. phone is where I opened yeah. it. But I uh, the, the keeper rules? Mid-season keeper situation is what has, like, the list of everyone's keeper options. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, right now, um, you know, if we knew that Leonard Fournette was going to be the running back for the Bucks next year, you'd probably take him at a dollar for one of your keepers. Yeah, it's it's between – it would be between Dave Montgomery and Fournette. It, the funny part, as mentioned before, I was totally against going with Fournette when uh, – Eric was it Eric that traded me? Yeah. I honestly can't remember. Yeah. I yeah, was Eric, totally against him at first because there's just something about Buccaneers players that there's just so many weapons on that team, and I'm actually really surprised about Fournette, and I'm actually glad I got him. So – in all honesty, now that, you know, playing two together, you know, Fournette's definitely had a tremendous season so far. Uh, he's definitely in consideration for a keeper as long as I'm, per- I'm allowed to get him, which I'm sure I am correct As in yeah. terms of being able to get a keeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it most likely be Fournette. Um, but David Montgomery, I mean, I don't know. It just depends on how he does for the remainder of the season. But again, I'm a little worried about how they're going to utilize David, considering that you know we got a couple more games, a couple more weeks left. You know, if they're going to go balls deep, or you know, 
let him chill for a bit so he can still maintain health, although it's just a knee sprain. But regardless, it's still a serious injury to take, you know, seriously. Are you going to be making – are keepers going to be part of any considerations that you make with regards to trades moving forward the rest of the year? Um, I mean, considering my next trade, definitely not. I mean, I don't know. I think right now my keeper is just it's, – it's just going to be four net. I'm not really a fan of DK Metcalf or CD, but I don't think in terms of trading, I don't think I see myself making a trade for a potential keeper. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll see. Uh, like I say, he still believes. He still believes. Look, so. I, you got to you gotta be confident. Now, as far as in the, going back to me saying, you know, reaching for the ship, that's just generally speaking. I mean, deep down and honestly, I just don't want to be in last place. You know, that's, that's going to be my answer towards, you know, going back to that. You know, if you yeah. ask anyone that, they would they would say the same thing, I think, unless you really don't have the chance of making playoffs. But I still think there's possibility. I mean, again, the odds are slim, but I, I don't want to be in last place. All right. So would you – let's say you lose the next two weeks uh, and you're at uh, three and eight going mm-hmm. into the trade deadline. At that point, would you consider off selling pieces for keeper considerations? Definitely, because um, in that in that time, I'm I definitely got to consider for next season. So yes, I would say I would agree to that. So what would you say that you like the keepers at this point? Because like I, this is definitely like that wasn't my suggestion to do keepers or whatever. It was uh, Daniel and Eric pushed that, and it was like, all right, you know, everyone thinks it's a good idea. Why not do it? Um, uh... So it's my first time doing keepers before. Yeah, I mean, it definitely adds, like, a different, like, strategy to the game. Um, I mean, I can't remember. When you send, sent that, like, uh, a little, uh, like, questionnaire, if you want to do this or that, did I agree to do the keeper? I'm pretty sure I said no. I don't th- – I think you said you weren't interested or something. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't no, honestly, I, I – Right now, honestly, don't mind it. Like as I just said, it, it adds a different strategy to the game. I mean, it's a little arcadish or arcadey kind of, if that's a word. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't mind it because well, again, it can have its cons. Like you can get a player for cheap next thing you know, they tear the ACL next season. It's like I mean, but again, it's not really. You don't really lose much. But I mean, well, you don't have to like you don't have to declare your keeper until like next auction. Yeah, so I definitely have time to obviously make a decision. Because, like, mine, like, Cam Akers might have been mine if we'd had keepers last year. Cam, a- Cam Akers might have been one of mine, but then, like, he tore his Achilles or whatever in July. So, like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, it would have been stupid to have me stuck with him at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you, you would just decide right before the next auction. Yeah. My answer on keepers, and I'm going to sound like a fucking bum in last place saying this is I think it's always good to have other things to keep people interested. Like the keeper prospect is one of the things that's like, you know, helping me get out of bed in the morning when I think about fantasy at this point, like at least there is a tomorrow. So uh, I, I enjoy it personally. And it would stoke the trades. Like, as we mentioned before, like our trade doesn't happen if we don't have, um, if we don't have keepers in the, the future considerations or whatever, um, you know, I, I guess, like, do y'all, would y'all prefer, like, us stay in this sort of format, or would you prefer us to, like, like, there's some leagues where you can, uh, there's just, like, there's a rookie draft. 
Or, well, there's uh, full yeah. dynasty, but then there's also like rookies where like you have a regular auction draft, but then everyone has like three pick, like three, like rookie picks each year where you do a snake draft with rookies. So whatever. no rookies are eligible in the main draft. You have, they're only eligible well, in the other draft. Well, I think like if they aren't if they aren't taken with like the picks, but like that's thirty rookies. So probably like they probably no one would probably take any one of the auctions that's a rookie. Wait, so you you can do that? Have separate drafts just for ro- rookies? I mean, that's you what some you want. Kinda. That's what some leagues do. Yeah, that's actually kind of cool. I'm not I'm really opposed to that to be honest. Yeah. So, so then, like, next year, you could have it where, like, we'd have, like, everyone have, like, a first, a second, and a third-round pick. You know, you could theoretically, like, in a trade or whatever, I, you know, in a Mahomes trade or whatever, I could give you, like, my next two first-round picks as part of that deal. And then you're going to have, like, full control over all the next sexy rookies for a while. I didn't know you can do that. I uh, I think that's a fun twist. Yeah. Anything that adds a twist, especially with the with the keeper thing, I'm up for it because it just adds different strategy and you know potentially fuck Barra's team up. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, but um, I don't. I'm not. I don't mind that to be honest. I mean, it's definitely got to do some more research on that for me to really give like an exact answer. But it sounds sounds pretty cool. I mean, like I said, I wanted to do more rookie prep anyway, so I'm I'm very yeah. Good. I mean, um, that kind of that kind of enables you to do that rookie prep, right? Well, so that, regardless, you'll still be able to do it, but like you'll be able to you know really make decisions. I mean, that would be the issue with me though, is that like I would lose my rookie advantage if everyone has equal access to them, whereas I could be sniping yeah. them. Uh, yeah. Although I fucking. I let uh, Jack snipe me for Jamar Chase, even though I love Chase. So that was. Mm-hmm. That's a rough one, but yeah, that, that, that Chase was, has been he's, fun he's a beast. Man. Yeah, yeah I, I love watching him. I want to get his jersey. But uh, but letting Daniel snipe me for Trey Sermon has looked excellent. So you know, yeah, so that's plus minus. I I no definitely other. the the quarterbacks I'm very worried about with because there's just so much pressure, especially when you get quarter, quarterbacks to get sent to a trash team like Trevor Lawrence, for instance. But I don't know. As far as like other positions, I definitely like considering some rookie options. Like for instance, I chose Devontae Smith, but again, that's really only really really reason why I chose that is because he was, became an Eagle. But I also liked his, you know, he he he, he was a very good player um, in college. So yeah, well, he know. literally won the Heisman. As yeah, a so yeah, so um, that definitely adds the cake in, or the ice into the cake of why I drafted him. But in terms of rookie quarterbacks, I'm afraid of. All right, let's uh, let's just quickly pick. We talked a lot about it. Let's just pick this Judy baby don't hurts me matchup. Reed, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna side with Curtis here. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is back and gives Devontae Adams uh, buku targets. I think Tyreek Hill gets at least three 40-yard touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Debo Samuel is going to do his thing. I mean, I just think Curtis is loaded, and I don't think Kyler Murray is going to play. So Daniel's a little too wounded to keep up with uh, with Curtis's stars. Melfi. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, well, we can hear you. Saying? What were you saying? Just pick the matchup. Um, Judy, baby, to hearts, man. Uh, Judy. 
just so much upside. I mean, the ceiling that he has in any given week is crazy. You mentioned Rogers back with Devonte. Uh, I, if Kyler doesn't play, this is going to be a blowout. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah if I mean, he does, it could be a little bit more interesting, but uh, yeah, he's the counter speed. against being uh cheap. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just go all in on like the the best players like Devontae and Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry and wow, it turns out you're good. Who could have seen yep. this coming? Yep, yep. Uh though, I mean, even you know, again though, like I overpaid on the stars that I did, right? So it's like when the bidding war gets too high, you gotta know when to back out also. That's part of it. It's like you gotta right. know when to, to hold them and then hold perhaps them also all right. Basically. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well said. All. all right. Last matchup. Too many chubs and forgetting Terrace Marshall, the pride of the league this year against a Gibby that hasn't quite been his usual self. A lot of injuries, a lot of kind of long term prospects, although, you know, some very bright spots in getting someone like Cordero Patterson for free. And of course, now he's had Aaron Rodgers gate as uh, the league's moron uh, has, uh, you know, taken the news cycle by storm. I don't know. Reed, you're a lot like more clued in on this stuff than I am. Is the assumption at this point that uh, that Rodgers is going to be out there on Sunday? Uh, I, I feel pretty confident because he doesn't even have to test negative. He just has to isolate for 10 days. So at the end of that 10-day period, which is Saturday, he's going to be eligible to play. So uh, I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to be out there suited up on Sunday. You know, I think he's right. going to be in, been in practices. So, yeah, he's going to be back out there. Cancel culture not successful this time. Uh, no, I this not. this on uh, on paper. I mean the quarterback situation for for Gibby. If Rodgers doesn't play, I think he gets blown out. If Rodgers does play, he's still going to have to play Heineke or Mike White uh, against a Dak Tom Brady tandem on the other side. Not the best receiver week for the younger Foster brother Jack because of the Bengals bye week. But, you know, he can make that up in other spots. Obviously, a great running back tandem. He has the tight end advantage in a big way, although we'll see what happens with Gronk. I think, I think Gronk's my out. feeling is – you think he's out. Okay. I, I thought he yeah. was maybe going to be active, but, like, on a pitch count. But either way, I don't think he's going to be starting in Gibby's lineup. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the, the team, when you look at the, the, the flex matchups, I'd probably give a slight advantage to Jack in this one with – you know, the Cortland Sutton target numbers are dropping like flies uh, at this point uh, I love in, it. in the Denver offense. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, this isn't a hot take, but I think Jack pulls away with this one. And would that be eight and two? Is that what he would improve? Yeah. To? Uh, uh, eight it, and two. Yeah. I think Cortland Sutton's going down because, of course, Tim Patrick season. Um, it's worth noting that uh, Jack right now has projected 14 points from Chase Claypool, but Claypool is week to week and is almost certainly not going to play. He's just. Jack's just waiting for Claypool to be ruled out so he can sign someone else to fill that spot. Um, so and, and he might be finding someone else to replace Agnew too. I don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't want to be relying on Jamal Agnew either because that dude cannot catch a fucking pass. And maybe it's really and, fucking frustrating when you watch. He and I could have an AJ Green conversation. So maybe we'll, I, he and I were talking a little bit about that earlier and he's, I guess he's, he has to wait for some of these statuses to be, uh, I get, well, the aforementioned uh, Claypool status to be official before he starts making some of these moves. Right. But also, and Corey Davis probably will be active. So Corey Davis will be one of those in there. He actually yeah. offered me Corey Davis on trade bias. I declined. <laughs> yeah. So the percent, like the computer will end up being a little bit closer than this 69 31 split because Gibby has to add a kicker. And 
you know, there's a couple other spots that'll be a little bit weaker than they currently show up for Jack. And when Rodgers will come in. And Rodgers comes in. But again, even with Rodgers, Jack has a better quarterback matchup. I think when you go through the matchups, only receiver maybe is where, you know, obviously, you know, we haven't even mentioned the McCaffrey side of this, um, which, which is a huge factor too. But uh, yeah, I think Gibby continues, even with McCaffrey coming back to be, you know, waiting for Chubb and Hunt, a.k.a. Chunt, to come back. He had Latavius Murray hurt, but he did get Devontae Freeman, who apparently, as we're recording this live, has had a pretty good start to this game uh, tonight. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going with Jack in this one. I think Jack's going to beat him, but I think this is going to be one of the better matchups of the week. I do think that, um, what do you call it, Rodgers could have a good game, but I do think it hurts Sam that – A.J. Brown is a tough matchup against Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know, this is actually a matchup where I think Julio Jones could benefit because Lattimore is probably going to shadow A.J. Brown in that matchup. DeAndre Hopkins didn't play last week at the hamstring. It seems like maybe 50-50 he plays this week. That would obviously hurt uh, Gibby quite a bit. Um, he's got, you know, it de- depending on who is the starting running back for New England, we don't know because of injuries. Um, Gibby's going to have that to put into his lineup as well, so I think that'll be beneficial as well. Uh, I think Gibby's going to be able to – so I think Gibby overall probably going to be able to score even though we have some concerns in some spots because McCaffrey's going to be awesome um, and Cordero is going to go off because he always does and Rodgers is good and, you know, he's got a good running back crew with New England. But uh, the Chargers' run defense is some of the worst in the NFL. Dalvin Cook should go off there and have a, a dominant performance. Kittle has been excellent. You know, last week he was on a pitch count but still – completely dominated because every time he's on the field, Jimmy G's like, Hey, you know, who's open is George Kittle. So I'm going to fucking throw that guy makes sense. Um, and low key, not a lot of people are talking about this, but it's looking like Cleveland light is developing in green Bay because AJ Dillon, uh, like five of his last six games has been a flex caliber player. He's getting double digits points every single week. And I honestly argue, I honestly think that you could argue he's looked better than Aaron Jones just strictly as a runner this year. He's been dominant. Like, just he's got the biggest fucking thighs. Turkey. We love, we love big thighs <laughs> around here. I, uh, yeah, he had that one like fumble game, but it's been pretty fucking awesome otherwise. Um, yeah, I just I just think there's more spots that Jack has an advantage. Like, there, this could be a black hole tight end game. For, for Gibby, that's not been uncommon for him this year. Uh, in some of those flex spots, I mean, we've all mentioned the the, the sudden takes. Uh, and then, I mean, currently he has Howard in there at one of the flex spots. We'll see what he ends up doing there. But I, I think when you get into the deeper parts of that roster, even with a, a kind of a buy-mageddon week for Jack, uh, I still think he's a better team. So, yeah, not a hot take, but Jack moves on. So do y'all think that – because Sam, you know, he's had like he's been ravaged with COVID, you know, because Rogers and Nick Chubb have COVID, and then you know Gronk, uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, Nuke's been hurt, uh, Fitz Magic and Zach Wilson they've been hurt or whatever. Like, do you think that Sam just needs to wait out these injuries, or does he need to make a move to elevate his chances of winning the Marino and just you know winning the league at large? I think winning last week. There's two considerations. Winning last week really changed his. Uh, kind of his his immediacy to make one of these moves. He was really into making him a home steal. And he got the dub and I think feels a lot better, especially in the Marino division, right? Like there's, that thing is still wide open. 
And I do think he has enough of those long-term plays when they come back. I mean, Chunt was Chunt was doing what you expect Chunt to do with those combination point packages earlier in the year. If you can get both of those guys back out there healthy on the field, that's fucking massive. Um, I do think he'll make more deals. I don't know exactly what they'll look like. They might just be in the margins. Um, but, you know, I think his team is currently assembled once he gets those IR guys back in the Marino division can compete for the rest of the year, whether he's right on the outside looking in, in a wild card spot or in there through the division. I think it could be any one of those three still, but I, uh, you know, we've seen this. This is kind of how Gibby does this. I mean, he he's always been willing to leverage some short term, you know, for the long term, and we'll see if it, if it pans this year. Um, but I think he'll be right on the edge kind of in that wild card conversation regardless. Melfi, what say you? Um, I mean, I think his team on paper looks great. I mean, it's again, it's unfortunate he's dealing with players that, you know, are catching COVID and injuries, but I don't necessarily think he needs he, – I mean, I don't think he should be worried in terms of making playoffs. I think he will make playoffs and potentially – I shouldn't say he, should, he has potential to win it, but I think his team will do just fine in all honesty as much as I hate saying it. <laughs> Let me put it this way. He was really keen on doing something involving Kareem Hunt with me, right? A week passes, he gets a win, and Hunt is completely off the table, and he's back in kind of long or medium term mode. Um, so just just playing armchair uh, psychologist, I think that's what Mel what Melfi, what Gibby is Whoa. feeling. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What? Actually, funny because Gibby. Wait, I, how Gibby do you pass this? Gibby just asked, "What do you give me for?" Is it Heineke? How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, Heineke. yeah. He just he literally. I literally just saw that. <laughs> I'll give him a Heineken. But I think I don't think uh, Gibby should be worried, and from a realistic point point of view, because once his players come back, he's still a threat to the league. I will say but he will is, he will lose this matchup against Jack. Jack has an unbelievable team. Um, I will say like his Eckler deal was looking even though like Allen Robinson hasn't uh, popped off all that much. Um, I thought the Eckler trade was starting to look a little shaky because Eckler was looking awesome. Uh, but CMC after last week, I'm back thinking like McCaffrey is probably the top player you'd want fantasy rest of season. So for like Sam like. To be able to survive that month, month and a half, without the art, like the investment of an RB one, whether it be Eckler or McCaffrey, and for him to survive and still be five and four, I think speaks to like the the depth of the team he's built. Mm-hmm. And, and McCaffrey was the uh, the highest priced bid uh, during the auction draft as well, so that would check yeah. out that you know he becomes the That'd guy be, again uh... in fantasy. Uh, all right, yeah, so uh, I'm going Jack. Melvy's going Jack. Reed's going Jack, I believe, uh, although you think it's going to be the matchup of the week, Reed. Yeah, I think Jack wins, like, 228 to, like, 219. Uh, I mean, projections are projections, but I think on, I think Jack's going to get this one by quite a bit. I don't think it'd be – I mean, I don't know. A kicker obviously going to make a difference, but once we figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, like – I think he could hit the 200 point, but um... pick Sam. You want to pick him? You can tell you want to pick him. <laughs> no, I don't want to pick Sam. <laughs> All 
By the way, if Rogers, I mean, I guess we all, I, I trust Reed's kind of news uh, analysis on this stuff more than anyone. But if we assume that Rogers is playing, this goes out the window. If he's not, Jordan Love is available, Melfi. So, uh, you know, <laughs> or at least on wait, I think waiver right now, but he'll clear. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't but, know. So, given Rogers' current situation, he. Tested positive for COVID. All he, I mean, he, you don't get tested again after testing positive because you're just going to have a false. That's just from personal experience with COVID because I actually had it. So I think Rogers Did will you have play. symptoms? I did, yeah. Not mm-hmm. serious, but I, I did. Have, that was actually the when I when I, when I I made that chirp against Jack. That's when I found out about the Mario coins, and that's when I found out I caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally around that time, too. But, um... No, I mean, you don't, for the most part, I mean, depending, like, your symptoms, like, I mean, obviously, if you're still symptomatic, yeah, you go get tested after the, the quarantine period, but I, I was pretty much mild symptoms, but I did get tested regardless, because I was paranoid, and, and I, I, I kept testing positive three months later, so, oh, but shit. again, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't actually have COVID. All it's right. just like well, a, it's just how it is with COVID, and it makes sense for the NFL to allow the player to, to finish the 10-week or not 10 week, 10 day quarantine and then come back. Cause again, 10 week would really derail right, the yeah, season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to say 10 week. I meant to say 10 day. You got to be cautious though. <laughs> Although Gibby did, yeah, Gibby yeah. did tell me he's in, he's in the fuck Aaron Rodgers camp now. So that's always fun when that's a key player on your team. That you're you leave the politics aside. Like, I mean, but Rodgers oh. did was fucking idiotic. Yeah. Like that was just stupid. I'm sure that's hold why OBJ didn't go there. Hmm. I, I, I'm pretty sure OBJ doesn't give three fucks. That dude's a drama queen himself. All right. But well, I, I, well, speaking of OBJ, I'm actually glad they went to the Rams. I like OBJ as a player, but he just needs to keep the drama out. Like that's what's hurting his fucking career. No better place than Los Angeles. And then, didn't I say he was going to go to the Rams? Like, or it makes sense for him to go there? No, I mean, you did not. not. That. I think I you said not. that. I think you said that after he went to the Rams. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me. Okay. I mean, regardless, it doesn't really matter. But I think I did say that it'd be comfortable or it'd be make make more sense for him to go to the Rams. All right, let's uh, just let's try to wrap up here as we go. I don't know over three hours or whatever the hell we're at. Uh, Reed, Commissioner's Corner. Anything you want to fill everyone in on, or, or are we all good? Um. Trade deadline is coming up November 27th. And that means the trade deadline is two weeks from Saturday. Trade's got to be in before then. Uh, Also a reminder, an important reminder that next week, that's right, bitches. It is fucking Rivalry week again. Yes, rivalry week. You got to add like a little soundboard thing to that. But like, you got to consider this for rivalry week. Remember, 10 fab is on the line. No more infusions after this. This is your last fucking chance to get some fab. And also remember this. Remember this. You know, Melfi, let's say you make a deal and you need to include nine fab to push things over it. So you're, you're sitting there at zero fab. Mm-hmm. Remember if you were at zero fab going into the previous rivalry week, the $10 that you would have, and you lost the $10 was getting taken out of your mid season fab infusion. Mm-hmm. And if you're at zero fab 
after this rivalry week, if you lose, there's no penalty. Mm-hmm. You don't have any. You don't lose any fab at any point. You can only mm-hmm. gain it, but don't if you're at zero. But if you stay at nine fab entering rivalry week, you could lose it all. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to spend before that. Oh yeah, it's a good note. A good note. And I will. <laughs> yeah, some some other poor motherfuckers as well. So it'd be nice to to do some. Yeah, some, uh, speaking of like, fantasy banking. Going back to you know when I had obviously way more fi- or fab five whatever however you pronounce it. That's that McNichols Fabe. play I made, Fabe. I was so pissed on that. I was like, I kept switching my my uh, my bets on that. I was doing research. Then after I placed the fifty six, I see that they were talking about you know putting Adrian Peterson on the on the chart on the depth Dude, charts, the, I should say. Their but, best running back is Deontay Foreman. Yeah, and then I was reading about him too, and then I was reading a bunch of articles that you know. Um, Nickel McNichols, you know, is a good, you know, pass catcher. But then I don't know. I was like, after the waivers went through, I was like, fuck. I didn't really see what was like the top bet. Can you see? Was it UT Will that behind? He had twenty five. Didn't you? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if anyone was higher than me, but at first I had twenty five, and I was like, oh, like maybe I should, you know, blast because I got ridiculed for last time. I was like, yeah, like you have your little twenty percent rule. Like I, I, I never really had that rule. I just pulled that out of my ass. I was reading, I was watching a YouTube video about how to like spend your fab. I figured, or I thought it was a blog post, but yeah. Yeah. Um. But after the waivers going through on that, I was like, fuck. Like I just made myself look even more of an like a dumbass. But at the same time, I, I plan. I gonna trade him or didn't I already trade him? Honestly, can't remember, dude. I'm, I'm like freaking. Yeah, you traded him to me. Bets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad I got him off my hands, but spending 56 fab on it, I was like, fuck, that was a fair move. You got three fab back for me in the, <laughs> in the trade for McNichols, so you're only <laughs> down 53 fab overall. <laughs> Et